word is settled in heaven. We thank you, Father, that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It's the entrance of your word that brings life, light, health, healing, prosperity, and deliverance. So we honor you today. We honor the word today. We honor Jesus today. We thank you for the great and mighty Holy Spirit, the greater one that's in us. He's our teacher, our guide, our comforter. I'm asking today that you would speak to every single person here across America and around the world in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, I'm a little charged up. I feel like I'm here on assignment this week. Uh, and so I'm, I've, I'm very honored to be here. I want you to know that. So uh, I want to tell you, share with you, that uh, October 24th, 25th, and 26th in Effingham, Illinois, we have the Crossroads of America Camp Meeting. You say, clear up in Illinois. It will be well worth the drive. Well, um, I just I feel like I'm supposed to talk to you just a little bit. My assignment the past few years is bringing ministries together. Uh, it's been prophesied years ago, streams of ministry. Everybody say streams of ministry, where ministries would come together. And I realized, like uh, Southwest Brother Copeland's meeting a couple of weeks ago, that's streams of ministry. But what I'm talking about is that all of the people on the dais minister in every meeting. There's a flow and an energy to that you won't find anywhere else. Ask anybody that's went, been to one of our meetings. Years ago, David Ellis and Joe Morris and uh, Ray Jean Wilson and I started, uh, as led by the Lord, started a meeting in Effingham, Illinois. And we called it the Crossroads of America Camp Meeting because that's where all the railroads cross, cross there and did used to cross uh, uh, in America. They're, they crisscrossed in Effingham and throughout Illinois. And, uh, and I'm trying to keep this short. Uh, so anyway, that meeting grew and it grew and it grew and it grew. And, it grew and, and then we, we turned it over. Uh, felt like it, we were done with it, but we weren't, and so, so we restarted again last year, and gosh, we have such a great time, and uh, you can go on rossroberts.org, and all the information's there, the times, the dates, you get hotel rates, um, you can drive up there in about probably 10 hours. Uh, it's a f wonderful, wonderful meeting. When I say everybody ministers, I mean it's like being, it's some of the best times of ministry have been for me after the meeting when we're back at the hotel room or back at the house and sitting around and just talking and I call it living room uh, like a living room meeting that's what this is only with a lot of energy from the Holy Spirit so you can look on the thing there or go on our Facebook page Ross Roberts and you'll see pictures and blah 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 so there open your Bibles to Luke chapter 6 if you would but I just want to invite you, if you come, I'll make sure you have special seats. Because I, I feel close to y'all. Luke chapter 6. And I'm just not real... Well, we'll just see where we're going to go this morning, okay? <clears throat> Luke 6. We're going to look at verse 38. Luke 6... 38, it says, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Men shall give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured 
to you again. I'm going to teach faith today. I'm from the household of faiths, like your pastor. I'm a Raymer graduate. I'm a John Maxwell team member. And faith is very important. Faith's gotten me where I wanted to go and, and to heal my kids. And just faith is, it's, you don't have to talk me into teaching on faith. So this is going to be a faith clinic this morning, okay? Um, this is going to be meat and potatoes. Everybody say meat and potatoes. This is going to be meat and potatoes. Please don't allow the fact that some of the scriptures we're going to look at, don't allow your mind to say, I've already read that, or I know that, or I hear that. Because God's word is alive and it's always growing. And how many of you believe, I don't think it's possible to, to, to uh, uh, squeeze all there is out of any scripture uh, in the Bible. Do you? I don't think that's possible. So I, I, we're going to look at some familiar scriptures but don't allow yourself, because the enemy try to do that with you. Oh, I know that. I've, got, I've had that marked for years. But let's always just dig and look with fresh antenna, because the Holy Spirit is here. How many of you believe that? The Holy Spirit's here. And he's not here just to, just to be here. He's here to minister to every single person within the sound of our voice. He's got something to say to everybody here and anybody that's watching us online. And he wants to speak to us individually. Turn to somebody and go, he's talking to me. Yeah, he's talking to me. Glory to God. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The Holy Spirit's here and inside each one of us. Because I don't know about you, but I, I, are, do you know exactly what you're going to be doing a month from now, a year from now? He wants to lead us, guide us, direct us, and help us. Amen. So let's turn our antenna up and expect to hear something so that it's not just another meeting. We can walk out of here and say, I got something. How many of you want to do that? You want to leave and go, I got something in that service. It wasn't Brother Ross was so great. We know him. He ain't so great. <laughs> yeah. Now, if we didn't know him, we might be able to, but I can't get, you know, I can't get by with that. Y'all know me and you've known me for a long time. So I can't do any whoop-de-doo. But the Holy Spirit can. Okay. So a few weeks ago, everybody say a few weeks ago. I was thinking about you all. And I didn't have a voice, vision, or visitation, but just, it just seemed on the inside I was supposed to do several things. We're going to do the first thing. Here in Luke 6.38, it says that men will give unto your bosom. Is that what it says? That if you give, men will give unto your bosom. I was impressed on the inside to give each one of you. Do we have an usher or somebody? I want you to give every person in the room a dollar bill. And bring me the change. You know, in Las Vegas, you, you know, especially, watch him, will you? It, it pays to come to church. It does, it does. It pays to obey God. That's right. Uh, I used to always give the teenagers in the meeting money. I'd say it pays to obey God. Uh, I couldn't get, the bank wouldn't get, they didn't have new bills. Or I would have brought you new bills. But the, these are supposed to be fairly clean and in good shape. I felt impressed to encourage you in your faith and in your giving. Because sometimes things aren't manifesting as fast as we think they would. 
or we're not as blessed as we thought we would be, or maybe we've been doing this and in this for a while, and, and things haven't changed like we were expecting them to change, or we've been in meetings, camp meetings, and we got up and, and they were raising big, you know, building funds and stuff, and we sold $100, and it might as well have been a million dollars, or we sold $1,000, and maybe it, it, it might as well have been a, a, a million dollars. We sowed seed that was valuable and precious to us. We earned that money, and we realize that everything on the earth is run by money. I mean, you got to have money just to have the electricity on, correct? So money is vital, vital and important in our lives. Amen. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to encourage you today and encourage your faith with that dollar bill to say to you, men will give unto your bosom. Now, don't sow that seed. Don't put it in the offering. Use that as a bookmark. Do you have a pen? Write Luke 638 across that somewhere. And use it as a bookmark in your Bible or in, or in whatever books you're reading to remind you that your faith is working and that God's not asleep and the harvest is coming. Now today, we're going to speed the harvest up a little bit, all right? How many of you want to do that? Yes. Because I, 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 I'm, a, I'm, I'm a pastor. I, I'm not pastoring a church right now. But, uh, uh, and, I, and I think part of my job is people telling me I'm a pastor to pastors. And I'm not exactly sure what all that means. I don't, uh, I don't take myself too seriously. I try not to anyway. Uh, you can get in trouble. But... Uh, uh, as a pastor, I always wanted my congregation to be energized and encouraged in their giving. So you could get more money? No, so they could get more money. God's plan is not to get God money. I don't know if you paid tithes today, and you pay tithes, you don't give tithes, you pay tithes. Tithe is like your rent. Y'all with me? Tithe is like your rent. If you make $100 a week... If God blessed you with $100 a week, he wants 10% back. If he gave you $1,000 this week, he wants 100 of that. You were afforded that money. So it's, and, and we're stewards, right? Everybody, everybody say, I'm a steward. Yeah, we're stewards. We don't, we're not taking anything with us. We're stewards of the properties we have, the money, the, whatever we have, our cash. We're the stewards of it, our clothes, everything. We're the stewards of it. Okay, it may be yours, it may be mine, but we're stewards of it. We, God wants us to be willing and obedient to sow it if it's necessary, or that's part of his plan. And if it is part of his plan, it's because he wants to get something more to us. What's, what's our number one job as a Christian? We talked about this before. What's my number one job as a Christian? To grow. You forgot already, and I was just here a few weeks ago. My number one job as a Christian is to grow. Don't mess with me. <laughs> I'm telling you. He wants you to have money and lots of it. He wants you in a position where you can buy the church a building. Somebody comes in and they don't have a, the house. He wants you in a position where you can bless somebody with a house. God wants you rich. That ought to be part of your daily confession. I don't have my book in here. I left it in the truck. But uh, one of the things I say every day is I'm rich. Say that out loud. Say, I'm rich. I'm, rich. I'm telling you, I believe we're getting ready and, and we are entering into a time when we're going back to some of the basics that God has started in the first place that we've gotten away from or forgotten about. Could I have an amen? amen. 
That was a little weak. Could I have an amen? Amen. We've been praying for revival, but I believe there's a revival in the word of faith and using our faith and getting back to the things that God has started and blessed us in the first place. Help me. All right. So you keep that dollar. Don't sow it. Use it as a bookmark. And remember that your faith is working. It says that men will give unto your bosom. I'm a man. I came today and I gave you a dollar bill at the, I believe, at the unction from the Holy Spirit, from the Lord. So your faith is working. Now what we want to do is, well, we got a dollar. Let's go to $10 and $100 and more. Are you with me? Amen. Okay. And I have a card for you. I always have a card for you. You know, I'm big on scripture cards, you know. So I have those. Don't let me forget to make sure you get those, okay? Are you happy? Yes. Okay. Faith is the key to the good life. Faith is the key to the good life. Everybody say the good life. The good life. I'm, I'm, I'm a father and I'm a grandfather. I, and there, I don't have any children or grandchildren that I don't want blessed, 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 happy, happy, happy. I want them rich. I, I don't want them sick. I want them well. I want them to live a good life in Christ. Yes. That's my desire. That's one of my confessions. I desire, I purpose in my heart to live the good life. In Ephesians, let's go to Ephesians a second. Well, we may just be all over the place here for a few minutes. You don't care though, do you? You're all mature believers here. All right, let's just hang out a little bit here. Let's go to Ephesians. Does anybody have an Amplified Bible? No? Okay. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Here's something to say every day. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. If somebody's got a phone and can find Ephesians uh, 2.10, it would be worth our time to find it. Somebody find Ephesians 2.10, please. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Everybody say good works. Which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. God has plans and paths and a destiny and, 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 and something for every one of us to do. Every person in this room is important. Oh, bless you. Thank you. <clears throat> Hello, what did I say here? Ten? Listen to this. We are God's own handiwork. Now, this is something that my wife and I say about ourselves. It's on, I'm not bragging. I'm just, because we're going to get to why we're doing some of these things. But it's on a mirror in our bathroom. Do you read it every day? Not necessarily off there, but I, I try to out of, out of my confession book, okay? So it says here that we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. Somebody say, that's me. That's me. Recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined and planned beforehand. We are people of destiny. There's a plan for every person's life. The key is to be led by the Spirit so that we can follow that plan. Because in that plan is good stuff. In that plan is health and wealth, influence, power, strength, the ability to lead. 
we may do those good works which God predestinated, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them. And here's my favorite part. Living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Can I read that again? Doesn't that sound good? That there's plans and purposes for every person in this room. For you, young man. You, young man. Young, you, young man. You, young man. Yeah, even grandpa on the back. No, I'm just kidding, brother. <laughs> and you, young lady and young lady, God has a purpose and a plan for our lives. But so many people live over here when the plan was over there. I've done it. I've done it. I was over here when the best was over there. I was supposed to go there, and I went that way. I thought I should slow down, and God wanted me to move forward. How am I doing? Oh, I like that. May I finish with that? He prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them living the good life. Everybody say, living the good life. Glory to God, doesn't that sound wonderful? Living the good life. No sick, no broke. No sore leg, <laughs> no accidents, money in your pocket. I have a friend uh, that I, he and I, he used to go to our church and when we had a church, good guy and, and just a real giver. But Kenny Cowart, you can ask my kids about Kenny Cowart. Kenny Cowart's got, a, his pockets always bulge like that. You know why? He's got five, six, seven thousand dollars cash that he always carries in his pocket. And I said, why, why do, you, why, do you do that because of your business and stuff? He goes, no, nah, it just makes me feel good. Oh. Oh. Ooh, hallelujah. That's the good life. To have six, ten thousand dollars in your pocket. Why you got it? Just in case I want to buy something and pay cash for it. Do most Christians do that? No. Because they never found the path that was set before them. This has nothing to do with what I thought I was supposed to teach. But this is good preaching right here. All right? That he prepared ahead of time. There's a path for my life. There's a plan for my life. And you may have gotten off the path and got off the plan and said, I don't care anymore. But that plan and that path is still there in front of you if you dare to find out. I heard Keith Moore say something the other day, and I thought, man, that's it. He said the answer to everything. The answer to everything. Your marriage, your home, your money, your health, yeah, whatever, where you're supposed to live. Who, any, the answer to every question is be led. Selah. That means think about that a minute. The answer to every question is be led. Because the Holy Spirit has the answer to every question. I like snapping my fingers. <laughs> the answer to every question, think about that. If God's got a plan and purpose, if he loves you and he cares for you and he's your father, then he's got a plan and a purpose. He knows how to get you into or out of any given situation. And the Holy Spirit is residing on the inside of each one of us, ready, able, and available to lead us and guide us wherever we're supposed to go. Now, I don't know about you, but I've missed it a whole bunch. But I'll tell you right now, in these last days, I'm making a greater effort to stay on that path. Get on that path and stay on that path. 
Because that's where the good stuff is. That's where the joy is. That's where the peace is. On that path, there's no fear. You're not afraid to go anywhere or do anything. You're not afraid to meet people. You're not afraid to get up and speak before people. You're not afraid of anything. You're not afraid of anything. You're not afraid of anything. You're not afraid of eating anything or drinking something that you, you know, that might, you're not afraid of anything. You're not afraid of the stupid virus. I'll tell you a good confession. Every disease germ and every virus that even touches me dies instantly in the name of Jesus. Every disease germ and every virus that even touches me dies instantly in the name of Jesus. How can you say that? Because the Spirit of God's on the inside of me. The Holy Ghost lives on the inside of me. You know, when we talk about the anointing, how many of you have the anointing? Well, yes, of course you do. You have the anointing. We always think of the anointing as being this one thing, this beam of light or whatever. The anointing is an aura around us. John G. Lake used to just stand in front of people and they got healed. Why? Because that anointing was on him. You want to talk about that a little bit? Isn't that good? That anointing's on you. Boy, I'm all over the place, but I'm having a good time. I don't care. Are you getting anything out of this? Yes. Keith Moore, how many of you know who Keith Moore is? If you don't know, you need to go on Keith Moore Ministries and start listening to him. You, you wouldn't even have to go to Bible school. Just go through everything he teaches. He's, he's the one man that Kenneth Copeland said carries Brother Hagin's anointing. Now, all of us that were connected to Brother Hagin have portions of it. But anyway, Keith's brilliant. He's an excellent teacher. Excellent teacher. And he lives the good life and teaches the good life. Okay? Um, and you're welcome, Keith. Um, <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Brother Colton said he carries Brother Hagin's anointing, maybe just to a greater degree than other people. And Brother Moore worked for Brother Hagin and traveled with him for over 20 years. Eventually, he be, and I won't, we don't want to get into the, his whole life story, but he, he ran the prayer and healing school. Now listen to this. I'm going to give you a key that if, if I quit here, it was, it was worth driving here to hear what I'm getting ready to say right now. Not because I said it, because it's the Spirit of God speaking to us, and it's worth it, and it works, and it works, and it works. I'm always looking for something that works, aren't you? I'm always looking for something that works. I always try to be practical when I'm sharing with somebody something you can go home and start doing and, and things begin to change. That's what I'm always looking for. Anytime I'm listening to anybody, I'm looking for something that I can put to work right away. Not, not trying to fly around the room or get the anointing to manifest in my kitchen when I'm fixing beans. I mean the meat and potatoes of life. Get well, stay well, be blessed, and move on and live the good life. Amen. Oh. I got people praying for me. I think they overprayed. Anyway, because uh, <laughs> I'm feeling this now. Uh, uh, so, he, he, you know, uh, there be, um, they had in healing school, they had meetings that were just for the sick. Nobody else could come. You could go to a healing school in the afternoons, but they had meetings in the morning that were just for the sick behind closed doors. And he said, these are people that are on death's door. They're on death's door. And he said, he said, I'd be back in my office just, just back and forth praying. Oh, God, you know, I'm praying. And the Lord said, I don't want you to do all that. I want you to get quiet and just begin to say who you are in Christ. 
So he began to say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Now here's where we've missed it. We hear some a testimony like that. And so we go and say, the Spirit of the Lord's on me. He's anointed me to teach, you know, to uh, lay hands on the sick and da 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 and, and, and let it go. Brother Keith said he'd lay on the floor for maybe an hour to an hour and a half or longer saying that same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over. This is my message. Over and over and over again. That's meditating on the word. Saying that over and over and over and over and over again. And that, man, that anointing would begin to manifest. And he said, I'd come out of that room. I'm looking for a devil. I think this is where people, I think this is where I've missed it in the past. I, 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 was, I, I was pretty good at my confessions and, and making my confessions every day and, and attempting to watch what I say. But I never took the time to meditate, to get quiet and sit down and say, okay, it's 11 o'clock. From now, from 11 to 12, I'm going to quote that scripture. I gave today in the offering, it's given unto me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, men give unto my bosom. I gave today in the offering, or I paid my tithes, I'm expecting the windows of heaven to be opened on me. The point is that you're renewing your mind, you're exercising and building your spirit, and it's beginning to get down on the inside of you. Boy, I, go, to, go to Hebrews. Don't mess with me. Go to Hebrews. Nothing's in the order I thought it would be, but it makes no difference. You're, on, you're plugged in. You're pulling. I like it. Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is quick. That means it's alive. And powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. If you begin to speak God's words out of your mouth, those words will begin to go to work on the inside of you and separate the things that you're coming up with to the things that God's coming up with. Did you get that? If you begin to say God's words and make it a part of your life, like Philippians 4.19, my God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When I say that, those words, they're medicine, according to Proverbs 4, 20, 21, 22, but they're also life. And that life of God begins to grow on the inside of me. And those words begin to go to work to separate my, my ideas and thoughts to God's ideas and thoughts. Let's, let me make it even plainer. Okay, this stupid thing that's going on in our country right now. Yeah. Okay, the virus. And all the stuff that just, you know, the, the devil's crazy. Okay, all this stuff that's going on. First reaction is fear. First reaction is, what am I going to do? What, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And if you watch the news, which I recommend not, because those people don't know what they're talking about. You know, when you think about it, you're dealing with man. 
Several years ago, I was in a situation and I was praying and the Lord said, now don't, it was a healing situation and the doctors had said this and that about a situation. And the Lord said, don't forget you're dealing with a man. Glory to God, when I'm dealing with this, I'm dealing with only God. I'm not futzing around with a man and his ideas and his thoughts. Because the situation will tell you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do about money? What's going to happen? What's, what, are you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? God said, I'm going to supply all your need. I'll take care of you. But the, but, the, but, the, but, the, but, the, but the deal is, you can't say nothing else. You can't say, what are we going to do? And if some joker talking to you says, I don't know what we're going to do, and you go, yeah, me neither. I don't know if you've ever done that. I know I have. And I went, oh, man, shut up. God put a guard over my mouth because I just joined into that. It's like abortion. People say, you know, there's people that think they're Christians that think abortion's okay. But that's murder. You're an accomplice to murder. You're an accomplice to murder. It's like, it's like while, while, while your brothers and sisters are in robbing the gas station, I'm just driving the car. You're an accomplice. You're an it's the same as if you did it. How am I doing? Huh? Am I talking too much? You want me to quit? Yeah, I can give you some patty cake sermon or something. But this will get you going where you want to go. So I have to watch what I say. God's going to meet my needs. Now, he, there, there's lots of channels, but only one source. Lots of channels. Your job, you got a dollar today. Somebody gave you a dollar today. Somebody you don't even know gave you a dollar today. Somebody, somebody felt impressed of the Lord to give you a dollar today. If that works once, it'll work twice. If it works a hundred times, it'll work a million times. That's faith. That's how faith works. So you got to watch what you just say. Watch what you say about your money. God's my source. Now, now jobs and these different things are channels. That's okay. But you're my source, Father. You're my source. I paid my tithes. I believe the windows of heaven are open. I sowed my seed. I believe the harvest is on its way. Y'all with me? I'm closing with this. Am I getting anything? Are you getting anything out of this? I was supposed to talk about your pastor here. Will you remind me to talk about him a minute? Or anybody's pastor, whoever your pastor is. Will you remind me? I'm going to go someplace else here for a minute. And then I'll talk about that real quick, okay? Oh, boy. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4 again, real quick. The Word of God's quick. That means it's alive, okay? You know, God likes to quicken things. You quicken your money, quicken your body. You know, you saw me last time. I told you I was in an accident with my bike and stuff. I think I had a cane last time. And I got a cane in the truck with me because uh, the therapist said, yeah, you need it anyway, blah, blah, blah. But see, God said I'm healed. And so I call things be not as though they were. So when it doesn't feel good, I speak to my knees. I'm jumping over 10, 10 messages here. I, I, I'm saying, uh, knees, you're strong. Knees be strong. My knees are strong. Y'all with me? You know to do that, don't you? Same thing with everything else in your life. 
I want to show you something that's miraculous. I want to encourage you in speaking God's word out of your mouth. Verse 12 says, The word of God is quick, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. That means it's alive. It's full of energy. And it's full of God's power. So the more word that you have on the inside of you, the stronger your energy and your power is. Y'all with me? And everything comes out of your spirit. Healing comes out of your spirit. Hearing from God comes out of your spirit, right? This is the, this is the core. The Bible talks about, you know, your heart. Keeping your heart strong. That's your core. That's your spirit. Y'all with me on that? I know you know that, but I, okay. And it dawned on me not too long ago. My children were forced. Everybody say forced. forced. My children were forced to confess God's word every day. We had Charles Caps' little book, God's Creative Power. We had God's, uh, Kenneth Hagin's book, God's Medicine. Now, in the back of both of those books, in the back of the Charles Caps book, there's a confession. I'm the body of Christ, and Satan has no power over me. I overcome evil with good. Okay? All my needs are met, my bills are paid, I live in abundance, and I, there is no lack. And on and on and on, okay? Yeah. <clears throat> devil has no power over me, for I overcome evil with good. I submit myself to God, and the devil flees from me, because I am submitted to God. And on and on and on. In the back of Brother Hagin's book, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. All the, not all, but a bunch of healing scriptures. Mark eleven twenty three. <clears throat> and Bob Harrison taught this to me years ago. He's a friend of mine. Check Google Bob Harrison. He's an incredible minister and motivator. But we became friends. And he encouraged me to do something he was doing with his children. And so my children, when they were little, now when they were little, little, we, we helped them with their confessions. But as they got older, where they could read, every day, everybody say every day. Every day, every day, every day. They had to get out the Charles Capps book and make the confessions. I'm the body of Christ and Satan has no power over me, for I overcome evil with good. I'm of God and have overcome him, because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I know the voice of the good shepherd and a stranger's voice I won't follow. And they were forced. Everybody say forced. Forced. And we got criticized by spirit-filled Christians and ministers. We got criticized. You can't do that. You can't do that. Yet in the book of Ephesians, it says if you train up a child in the way he should go, he won't depart from it. And so every day, everybody say forced. I want to impress me upon that upon you because my kids didn't go, oh, I get to make my confessions. At the end of the day, before they went to bed, did you make your confessions today? No, Dad. They also had to listen to a tape, one tape a week. It, had to, it wasn't a kitty tape. It had to be somebody like Norval Hayes, Brother Hagen, Charles Capps. It had to be an adult, Brother Shambach. It had to be a glory to God. And well, not some silly thing, but a faith tape from part of the household of faith, one of those people. And they were forced to listen to that tape, one tape a week, and write 20 lines. And I didn't care if they just copied and said, you know, Brother Hagen said, yeah, God's good. Number one, God's good. They had to write 20 lines, 20 sentences. So every day, seven days a week, they had to use the little confession books and say those confessions out loud. Forced. They didn't want to. And it got to be a tussle sometimes, but forced. And they were forced to listen to a tape. And, right, and I can remember, I heard Joey the other day, he was preaching, he said, yeah, my dad used to make us listen to... Tapes, and he said one time my dad hadn't asked for nine weeks, 
He hadn't asked for the tape report for nine weeks because she had to turn in a tape report on, a, on this. Number one sentence, number two sentence. Y'all with me? And he said, Dad came in and we were all excited that weekend. Josh and I were going to this big concert and stuff at the school, Victory Christian Center there in Tulsa. We're going to, going to go to this concert or something. It was a big deal. We're all excited. He said, Dad came in that Saturday. We were going to go Saturday night, and Dad came in that morning, and he said, uh, or maybe it was Friday night. He said, uh, how are we doing on the tape reports? And, uh, and uh, jo Joy said, well, we told, you know, he said, uh, well, we haven't done too good, you know. Are you behind? Yeah, how far are you behind? Nine, nine, nine weeks, nine tapes. And he said, I remember dad, as he walked out of the room, said, well, you we probably ought to get started now if you're going to go to that concert. Now, honey, let me tell you something. That was not a happy household. Those boys did not want to sit down and listen to 20 different tapes and write down 20 sentences. But all of my children are serving God today. All of my children are blessed. They don't get sick. They have money. And all of them are in the working, uh, you know, ministering for the Lord, working, preaching. Joey and I doing doing meetings together all over the place. Okay? My son Jeff's a very prosperous businessman. Very prosperous businessman. We like to go to Jeff's house because it's like a hotel and his yard's like a golf course. Uh, yeah. Joshua is in Boston. Uh, uh, he's Jonathan Del Turco's uh, associate up there. And they've got, I don't know, three, seven thousand people coming to that church. Joy's on the road preaching. Who did I leave out? Josh. Oh, Rachel. Rachel's in the praise, on a praise team. They've pastored churches. Rachel is a go-getter. She is, you talk about a leader. She's put together missions, trips, and all kinds of things. I'm not bragging on me because you all know me. I can't brag. This works. This works. Today I was reading, I sound so spiritual, don't I? This morning I was reading there in, in, uh, in Numbers there where, uh, you know, God's talking to Abram. And he said, you know, you and, and Sarah, Sarah are going to have children and they're going to be, you know, you know the story, right? And they're going to be, yeah. And we're going to change your name so that every time you say your name, you won't hear Abraham, you'll hear father of many nations. Okay. God has said, I've already done this for you. I'm changing your name so that every time you say your name now and anybody says your name, it will mean father of many nations. No, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to go so many places. My point with the children, let me go back there. They were forced to do that. God's word is alive. But you're never too old. Abraham's 100 or 99. She's 109. They're old. And God said, you're going to have children. You're going to be the father of many nations. That's crazy. Like my friend, what, uh, like my friend says, that's crazy talk, Ross. That's just crazy talk. You know, he'd say, well, let's go eat an early lunch. That's just crazy talk, you know. <laughs> Come on. You're 100 years old. You probably haven't had sex in, who knows, I, I don't know, a long time. And God said, you're going to have a child. She's going to have a child. Father made and on that. And when I was looking at that this morning in preparation for what I thought I was going to teach today, uh, it dawned on me. You're never too old to get started. If you haven't done squat with the word, start today. 
Find, find some scriptures in there that you like. Healing scriptures, prosperity scriptures. Put them on a three by five card. I'm going to give you one here in a minute. Okay? And start saying it every day. Just say it every day. Is it going to happen overnight? No, because it's seed time and harvest. You're going to have to give that word an opportunity to get on the inside of you. And what's going to happen is it's going to start changing things on the inside of you before it starts changing things out here. Okay? But you ain't got anything better to do anyway. It's never too old to start, to start over. Lord, forgive me. I've wasted so much time. I've wasted this. I've wasted that. I'm expecting restoration. I'm speaking restoration. Then speak it. Go to your checkbook and say, my, checkbook, my, my money's restored. I speak restoration to my checkbook. I speak restoration to my marriage. I speak restoration to my health. I speak, start talking it. Start talking it. And don't say anything else. Don't say anything else. Because once you get started on this, you're going to have lots of opportunities to say something else. How am I doing? Am I helping anybody? I think that's important there because they were forced to do it. They were forced to say God's words out of their mouth. They didn't want to. They weren't expecting anything. But those words are alive. You know, uh, I, I'm, I'm a... I don't want to say I'm a gardener because somebody's going to come up and go, well, I got, you know, we've got, so I, I like to, I garden a little bit, container garden, okay, you know, I like to grow some plants and things, okay, no big deal, so don't ask me no questions, <laughs> I, I feed them, we water them, you know, uh, but you can take a uh, clay pot, a plain clay pot, and soak it with water, and then you can take, um, Yogurt. And you can smear it all over that wet pot. Smear yogurt all over it. Then you can take some moss off a tree and just rub that everywhere. And what are you going to have? You're going to have this pot with this muddy yogurt moss dirt all over it. But if you put it in the shade, keep it moist, in a couple of weeks, that moss will begin to grow. It'll grow, it'll grow, and within in a while, that pot will be green. It'll look like you've had it outdoors for years. There's a little gardening tip, okay? The point I want to make is that you smear that all over that pot, and it looks like a mess, and it doesn't look like anything's happening, and it looks like you just made a mess. But if you'll take God's Word and smear it all over your mind and all over your heart, it's alive, it'll begin to grow and grow and grow and grow. Okay, can I pre... What time do you guys normally get out of here? <laughs> I knew it, yeah. Thank you, brother. <laughs> I don't even want to stay here till four, okay? <laughs> and I'm the guy to get in the talk, no. I'm going to give you... I'm going to... Two, two quick sermons, okay? Four. <laughs> You're going to be with me at the next meeting. Anyway... Keith Moore was in a meeting with Jerry Seville. This is years ago. And he heard Jerry talking about, how many of you know who Jerry Seville is? Okay, he's a faith guy. And uh, Jerry Seville was, and it was in the end of the year, and he's praying to the Lord, and he goes, Lord, why hasn't this happened? And, uh, this should have happened, this, this, and that. And the Lord told him three things. Write this down, please. Please write these three things down. He was seeking about the Lord about why aren't things speeding up? Why aren't things doing better. Why, why am I not doing better? The Lord said three things. Number one, you're not praying in tongues enough. 
Mm, thank you, Lord, for the God-given ability to pray in tongues. Pray in tongues, pray in tongues, pray in tongues in the morning and noontime, dinner time, supper time, just pray in tongues, y'all. And when you get tired of praying in tongues, pray in tongues some more. Because pray in tongue, when you're praying in tongues in the Spirit, you're laying track that your life can proceed on. Amen. You're talking to God. You don't have to understand it. If you get bored with what you're saying, experiment and say some other things. Don't say Ashanda a thousand million times. But it's a good thing because you will edify and build your spirit up. Paul said to the Corinthian church, where it was crazy in those services. Everybody's praying in tongues. It was, it was wild. Paul wrote in the Corinthians, there, he's going, calm down, calm down. There are people are getting bored with prophecy because everybody's prophesying and they're praying in tongues. And, they, and Paul said, I pray in tongues more than y'all. I heard Norville Hayes say that he, when he'd stay with Brother Hagin, he said, of all the people I've ever known, Kenneth Hagin prays in tongues more than anybody. He's always praying in tongues. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't know about you, but that's good advice for me. And that's something that some of us are starting to pre preach more and more and more. Pray in tongues, pray in tongues, pray in tongues. We started out there, didn't we? When we got filled with the Holy Spirit, we started out there. We got Brother Hagin's little book, Ten, Ten Reasons Why to Pray in Other Tongues. We started, that's where we used to pray in tongues. Number two, calling those things which be not as though they were. And number three, not letting the peace of God get out of your life. Number three can be a challenge. But if you do the first two, it won't be so much. Walking in that peace. My dad used to say, take your time, take your time. I've started saying that to myself because I want to get things done. When I walked in here, if you'd have said, I, can you just go ahead and start preaching? We're not going to do music or anything. Fine, I don't need any of that. Not that there's anything wrong with it. But I was ready yesterday. You understand what I'm saying? I used to get, my, my band used to get upset because they'd be practicing already. And I had, I had a great band uh, at North Bay and Mobile. I mean, horns and everything. And organ and Hammond B3 and piano and guitars and horns and the horns that play the Elvis thing. Da -da -da, da -da -da, da -da -da. Well, there was a, and I can't tell you the song, my, my trumpet player, Tommy, could have told you. There was a praise song that they fed that into. So the people would be praising the Lord and be going, da da da, CC Rider, da da, anyway. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> we had fun. Amen. But, uh, uh, yeah, like I said, I was, I'd go in there and, and there would be all, you know, they're all tuned up, ready to play. And I'd walk in and go play one song. You know, they're going to they're play for a half an hour. They're wanting to play. And I'd go in and well, do one song, make it quick, make it fast. I'm ready to go right now. So, uh, and I don't know why I was telling you that. But anyway, oh, my, Lord, my, my dad would say, take your time. I've started saying that to myself. Take your time. Take your time. Take your time. Just in everything. Coming up here. I have a tent. Let's go. I want to get this day. You know, I get up there to get Tuscaloosa, get chicken, run room. Take your time. Take your time. Take your time. God is a God of peace. The Holy Spirit's of a spirit of peace. So I don't know about you, but I'm working on that. To live and walk in His peace. It's easier to hear His voice and do a better job. My, I used to work for a guy and we sprayed houses, you know, uh, power washed. And a couple of times he'd call and say, so-and-so called, you missed a spot. And, and, and I go, 
because I have to drive the truck all the way back out there, get out the hoses and stuff. I mean, it was a lot of rigmarole. And Kenny used to say, you know, Ross, it's easier just to do it right the first time, and then you don't have to fuss with it the second time. Number two was calling those things that be not as though they were. In the 70s, confession was a big, a big subject. Remember that? Everybody was teaching confession. We had three to five cards. We had stuff written on the dashboard of our car, on our refrigerator. God meets my needs and stuff, et cetera, et cetera. But somehow that, a lot of that has faded away. At least, I, I can't speak for you, but a lot of that has faded away in a lot of the Word of Faith circles. Maybe it's time to get back to our first love, and, 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 I, and I do mean Jesus, but also back to the Word and back to the Word. And not take the Word so much for granted. I've done that. And take the time to write out some scriptures. And take the time to just say those scriptures out loud. And make my confessions. Pray in tongues. I'm making my confessions. Calling those things would be not as though they were. Okay? Making my confessions. And walking in peace. I'm going to close with my opener. And then I'm going to, then I'm going to leave. Okay? I want to talk about Pastor. I want to talk to you, though, as if you don't know me and I don't know your pastor. Because I, I, the devil tell you, oh, Michael told him to tell this. Michael, I was just glad to get the room, to find out where the room was. He, we don't talk about the meeting. He says, you know, do whatever you want to do. He, hasn't, he didn't tell me, sister so-and-so is going to do the offering. I didn't I had nothing. I walked in here the other day. You know, I didn't know anything. But that's because we're pals and he trusts me. Okay. Which is a big mistake sometimes. But anyway, uh, you know, so I mean, you know, I get treated like I know exactly what I'm doing. So I'll pretend like I do. I want to encourage you as a believer. Okay? I want to encourage you as a believer. Okay? When you come to church, and again, forget Michael Billings and forget that you know me and I know you. But I want to, I want to build your faith in a couple of things real quick. Always stay open to the Holy Spirit in the meetings. Whether it's me, Jerry Seville, Kenneth Copeland, Michael Billings. You always want to stay open because you're not drawing on the man. The man or the woman can't help you. It's the anointing, the gifting, the spirit of God in them. And sometimes we forget that. It's easy to begin to take, especially in a smaller group, to take the pastor for granted. I'm not saying you do. I'm ta again, I'm talking to the people out there in, in television land that are listening. They go wherever you go to church. It's easy to begin to take your pastors for granted. And there's, a, like, I, I heard somebody say this, and I, I, I don't want to get into anything, but they said that somebody said, you know, the day of the pastor being lifted up and carried around and, and you know, the pastor is the thing, those days are over. He's just like the rest of us. Well, that's true to an extent. But what happens is that's a trick of the enemy because if he's just like me and it's just, it's just you know, whoever it is, it's just Ross Roberts, then I'm going to cheat, get cheated out of whatever gifting and anointing that Ross Roberts might have. Ross Roberts can't help me, but the Holy Spirit can. Jesus said, if you honor them, you honor me. And I'm talking to me too. 
It doesn't make any difference whether it's Kenneth Copeland or it's Billy Bob Jones that's got two people in his church. If they represent the Lord, they represent Jesus, and they should be treated that way. Now, can you receive this? Are you receiving this? I, I, I cleared the platform that says nothing to do with Michael and Debbie Bell. It has nothing to do with, I'm just talking in general. Okay? It's easy to get familiar with the ministry gift. I've done that. It's a mistake. You have to be able to draw a line. Joe Morris is a end-time prophet of God. Joe Morris operates at a depth that very few people do. I always, I, I like to call, he doesn't like me to say this, but I call him Branham. Because Joe Morris doesn't just say, well, somebody's here and I got a sore back. Uh, somebody's here and they were in a 1934 Ford DeSoto and you got ran over, you know. He's, his words of knowledge are extremely accurate. Okay? He's a real prophet of God. But because Joe's so nice, have you been around Joe? He's so sweet. He's that way all the time. He's Uncle Joe to my kids. I mean, he's, he and I are closer than me and my own brother. Talk to Joe at least once a week and several times a week anyway. We're buddies and pals. But there's a line I draw when Joe's in the pulpit. I mean, Joe and I are, have known each other for years and years and years. A couple of squirrels. We laugh so hard. My wife can say, I can always tell when you're talking to Joe because you're laughing so hard. Joe will be driving down the road. He's going, shut up. I can't drive. I can't see. Or I'm driving. Don't stop. And we're not laughing at anything that you think is funny. We're laughing at stupid stuff. Yeah. Stupid stuff. Okay? But I always keep that line there. I, I, I'm so grateful to God. I'm blessed with so many wonderful friends and acquaintances that are powerful people in the ministry. You come to Effingham, you'll see what I'm talking about. Powerful people. But I always keep that line. Because I don't want to get cheated. Because I know them, but more than that, I need to know the Holy Spirit within them. I'm just trying to encourage you. Okay, and I'm talking to myself too. Okay, Brother Hagin said, no preacher can do anything more than the crowd will let him. I wonder how many times God had something special and unique for us through, who do you want to name? Joe Morris, Brother Hagin, whoever. Our pastor. And we missed it. Because yeah. we weren't pulling on that gift. Yeah. Now I'm looking you in the eye. Some of you have known me for years, okay? I'm looking in the eye. I'm not talking about you necessarily. I'm talking to us and the body of Christ. I'm talking to everybody. I'm talking to Ross Roberts, too. Okay? Because the enemy, I'm telling the enemy, I go, well, he said that because he and Michael. Don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. That ain't it. You got a, a room full of believers here. Word of faith, people. You're not a bunch of clunks. Man, we ought to be having all kinds of crazy good stuff going on. And I'm not saying you don't. I just want to encourage you that if I was in your seat, I'm pulling. I'm praying before the service. God, anoint, anoint uh, uh, Pastor Billings. Anoint him. Use him. Make, me, make him a blessing. Now, we might have been drinking root beer and eating hot dogs the night before, but I'm not pulling on that hot dog eating, root beer drinking Billings. I'm pulling on the Holy Ghost Billings. Y'all with me? That's all. Because you can walk out of here going, holy smokes, I see something. I see something. Pray for them. I used to give our 
I used to give our church people um, uh, Christmas time, give them Christmas cards with, with my picture, our family picture. And I said, don't throw that away. Put it on the refrigerator. And every time you walk by, just slap me right in the face and say, dear God, give Ross some wisdom. I said, I'll take it. Now, I was serious. I mean, everybody laughed, but I'm serious. I said, put it on the refrigerator. Every time you go, dear God, bless our pastor. Sow into him. Sow into him. And say, when I get to church today, I'm going to hear something. I'm not just going to church. I'm going to get something. I don't care if it's Michael Billings or Billy Bob Thornton. I'm getting something today. Because God's here. And he wants me to grow. Let's thank the Lord, Father. Whatever this has been, thank you. I've so enjoyed being with the family again. We bless you. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you that you are working in our lives. We thank you that our faith is working. In Jesus' name, we believe we receive all you have for us today. And, 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 and this afternoon and tomorrow and, the, and in the days ahead. The Holy Spirit, remind us of things that you spoke to us in this meeting that we might grow and live that good life. And we thank you for it and claim it. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. Amen. I think I could say this to everybody individually, but I'll just say it to everybody because what I'm about to say could apply to everybody. Change. She said something about change today. Change. Change. Good change. Good change. There's good change in the path of set before you, saith the Lord. There's good change. A rising up, a strengthening, an empowerment coming to you in the days ahead. So don't be afraid of what the enemy has said to you. Seek me, follow me in my word, and I'll get you to that path which will lead you to your destiny, which will allow you to live that good life, saith the Lord. Praise the God. Glory to God. So I received that too. Where's an usher? Come on up here. I'm throwing everything on the floor here. Please. Brother, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I noticed when you prayed, you come up here and stood. I appreciate, well, I could, I'm sorry. You all right? Good. Yeah, you won't be cussing my name later, will you? Just <laughs> give everybody one of those. God loves a faithful man. I noticed when they did the offering, he came up and stood here like there was 100 people in here and there was 20 ushers. That's, God blesses stuff like that. And God bless you all. Thank you. Do I turn this back over to you? Come on up. Give her a good hand.